Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast. We hope you had a great holiday last week. We're going to get right into it today. Lynn Martez is the is the Martez half of the Downey and Martez dynamic duo. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience, and you can follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810, and follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. Lynn, I'm getting it all out of the way. Let's go. Let's roll. What are you getting out of the way? The social reminder, so I don't go back to it like 10 minutes into the show. Uh, usually because I cut you off, too. Yeah. And that's some lame comedy that you tried. But anyway, let's go. What are we talking about today? Week not, 13 in the NFL. Not gravy and mashed potatoes. Let's let's rewind click quickly and recap what was one of the better games of the season that the Buccaneers were involved in last Sunday in Indianapolis. The Bucs score a comeback victory on the back of Leonard Fournette's four touchdowns. Lynn, to me, especially considering what this team has went through with some of those bad losses recently, I don't know if I've been as impressed by this team, especially the way that they were able to come back on the road and win that game as I was this past Sunday with the Bucks getting the win over the Colts. Nah, they had a little help. They had a little help yeah. with turnovers, five. And they had a little help with game plan. They had a little help with the Colts decided, we're going to put the ball in the hands of Carson Wentz over Jonathan uh, Taylor. Mistake. Mistake, mistake. Not only that, you saw the mistake because when they finally did it in the fourth quarter in the Colts' last scoring drive, you saw what happened. Jonathan Jonathan Taylor had 50-plus yards on the scoring drive. Why? Because they gave the football to him. Listen, there are certain things that you know are going to happen that are the inevitable. And one of the things now in sports – is the fact the effectiveness of the Colts running game. You can try to defend it, but the best teams in the NFL have a problem defending it, knowing it's coming and you still can't stop it. And for some reason, the Colts try to get pretty in second second half and put the, put the game in the hands of Carson Wentz, who even as far back as 2017, I still question. And he was having that great year he was money on the third down and then he got hurt in LA, the old LA Coliseum. And he hasn't been the same since they went on and won a Super Bowl without him. And he hasn't been the same since whether it be inside that locker room where he was in Philadelphia or on the football field. And he showed you again that he's not really ready for prime time when it comes to the playoffs. Can we, we give well, Antoine Winfield credit for that one interception, though, which might have been the most important turnover of the game? Oh, making the play is one thing. It's the actual process to get to the play. That's another thing. They should have been throwing a daggone football. And that ball should have been thrown to him any daggone way. Uh, they got help because the Pittman had, for some reason, had the drop seeds that game, too, in the first half. There were, there were moments where Pittman had, had, uh, had some issues catching the football, their, their number one receiver. So do I give Bucks the Bucks credit for the win? Absolutely. But I won't call it their biggest and, more, and most impressive win of the year because of as much help as they got from the opponent they played in the Colts. Yeah, it's, it's, I see your point there. I just, 
with what this team has been through over the past, you know, month or so with, like I said, with those bad losses to the saints and Washington football team, to me, this team, that win was a huge get right win, something that this team needed, especially on the road, especially against a team that's battling for a playoff spot in Indianapolis. And honestly, you mentioned it. If the Colts would would have ran the ball more, they probably win that football game. And I'm considering what's going on in the AFC right now. I still like the Colts' chances to go on a little bit of a run and possibly still even make the playoffs, even at six and six, just because of what the other teams look like. Losing to there should be no shame in losing a close game like that to uh, the defending Super Bowl champions. Were you with me? Because I'm sitting on sitting on the couch with my dad watching this game. I wasn't with you. Yes, sitting I know. On the couch. I said, "Are you with me? Are uh, you?" They said, "Were you with me?" No, you weren't. I just. I, why would I ask? Why would I ask that I question? Know. Maybe you thought I was there. No, no, I, I'm, I'm not hallucinating. But Leonard Fournette going in for that final touchdown. I'm like, go down. No, go. No. Why not? They win the game. Left. 20 seconds left in the game. You go, but then look seven. what happened. I, I know. Yeah, yeah, but don't, don't go, don't, don't play the result because how many times do you, there have been, there have been thousands and thousands of kickoffs in the NFL. And then, and I can count the number of kick returns like that one on one hand all season long. The Pollard kickoff and that one on Sunday were the two that come to mind, boom, like that. Don't play the result because again, I was 20, saying it before that even in, happened. No, 20 seconds left in the game. I was. Get in and get those seven points because you're thinking about your defense being on a football field and them having to travel 75 yards, not that kickoff return. No one. I have Bucks fans. I know how you, I know, I know how fans get, oh, he should have went down because that could happen. No, you weren't thinking that. Not at all. No one was thinking about that kickoff return going back because, again, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of kickoffs a season, and there are only a handful of returns like that one. The odds are, again, to – he's more likely to go down and to you to miss the field goal as opposed to getting that kickoff return. What? Like a are you kidding me? something yard field goal? Uh, uh, I, guys are missing extra points. What are you talking about? An extra point's like a 35-yard field goal now. Okay. They're still missing kicks. They're missing kicks within 40 yards. You go to, if you go down inside the five-yard line, you're making that kick. To me, okay. that you That's give yourself not, not 100% a, odds to win the football game then, as opposed to giving – It's not 100%. Giving no, it's a not 100%. Why is it 100%? You can't have a bad snap. You can't have a shank. I you think got to go back and look at guys who have missed, who've missed, who've missed 22-yard field goals this year. It has happened. No, but I'm – Yes, but I think that there was more of a chance of not not the, the kickoff kick return, not the kick off, not the kickoff return. But you have twenty seconds. Yes, they were out of timeouts, but that gives you they opportunity to Hail Murray in Hail all Mary. likelihood. I mean, any, I'm telling you, <laughs> Bucks fans, you can play the result if you want to. But it don't like I. But I'm just telling you, this was not me coming off of the result. I said it. While he was well, running that football, yeah, I don't think so because I wasn't there and I need proof, so I'm not, I'm not buying it. Get on the horn with Fred because I, I said I don't it. need to call Fred. Fred, Fred will probably lie for you anyway. So I don't <laughs> yeah, need to call, no, I don't need to call Fred, Fred. 
Yeah, Fred's, Fred's not an honest man. Fred would not, probably tell yeah. him the truth. I might have to call him and ask him. Yeah, one of our more one of our more loyal listeners as well. Fred, uh, what up, Fred? <laughs> All right, Lynn, we gotta we gotta get into it. A couple weeks ago, we broke down the reporting of Rick Stroud in the story that Antonio Brown uh, allegedly faked his vaccination card uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And after that, Antonio Brown's uh, attorney commented to multiple people, said he's 100, said he's vaccinated. There's no truth to the story. Well, comes down this week that according to the NFL, he did fake that vaccination card. And it wasn't just Antonio Brown. It was Mike Edwards as well. And now they are both suspended for three games on this football team. Lynn, you said a couple of weeks ago that if this turned out to be true, that the Buccaneers would end up cutting Antonio Brown. Today, Bruce Arians, speaking to reporters, said that he will not address the situation or those players until they are back from suspension. What do you think ends up happening here? Well, part of the reason why I said what I said, two reasons why. One is because of the background that goes with how, I want to say proud, but how how much it meant for Bruce to be able to tell everyone that his team was at 100% when it came to vaccination. For, from, you can say proud. He took pride in that. I, like I said, I, it might be too strong of a word. But he, anyway. A point is the fact that he publicly came out and said the fact that players and the, the, the immediate personnel from the standpoint of PR reps, PR department, communication department, everyone along those lines, coaching staff, they were all vaccinated, 100%. One of two teams in the NFL at that time to, to, to be 100% vaccinated. And another reason, and let's remember something too. You're talking about a man who... Is in his late 60s, has had his own heart, uh, I'm sorry, all, own health issues with cancer. And not only that, but you have an older staff that's involved with this football team, like Tom Moore, who's consistently there. Tom Moore is like that golf cart with, that Bruce is on. 100%. At, at uh, the Avenue Training Center. If they're practicing, guess who's there? Tom Moore is there. Longtime NFL coach. Tom Moore is there at Buccaneers, the training facility, the camp, practice, whatever it is, no matter what time of year it is. They're there, he's there. So that's part of the reason why I stated what I stated when it came to, I think he'd be done if the fact that he lied about being vaccinated or had a fake card. The second reason why I said that is because when Antonio Brown joined this football team, Bruce did the round, he did the car washes and was on multiple radio stations, nationally, locally, did TV shows, whatever it is, sports shows. And he spoke about Antonio Brown and he said, one screw up and he's gone. I mean, you find me a bigger one than this one. This is a screw up. And that's the reason why I said what I said. Now, (laughs) <laughs> I've been around a lot of coaches in my lifetime when it comes to covering teams. And he's right up there in regards to the ones I liked covering. Bruce is definitely up there. 
the time that I spent covering and spent covering the Bucks. He's right up there as far as the ones I like covering. Because they'll shoot, shoot straight with you. But here's the thing. I've also learned being around a lot of coaches that they say one thing and another thing happens. I'm not telling you that Bruce is not going to cut him. I'm not telling you that the Bucks are not going to decide to get rid of, rid of Antonio Brown. But it would not surprise me if after December 26, when he returns, that he's still part of this football team. I'll just say that. I would expect him, I would expect him to get cut based off of what's transpired and what we know. But would I be surprised if he's catching the football against the Panthers on December 26, week 16? Nope. Would not be surprised at all. So here's the thing that makes it even more interesting for me is the fact that Antonio Brown was not the only one. Now, I'm not going to start there can be a lot of, you know, you could throw conspiracy theories that Antonio Brown got other people involved in this, but that has not been alleged from what I've seen from any reputable sources. To me, what makes the situation, I don't want to say, I don't want to say interesting. I don't know the right word for it, but where I could see it going both ways is the fact that Mike Edwards is part of this too. And Maybe you bring Antonio Brown's past into this and you, if you, cause I don't know how you necessarily get away with cutting one and not the other. Oh, and very we, easily. With, with, with Brown's history. Is yes, that, sir. Is, okay. And based off of what I told you already, one screw up. And that's not a conversation that didn't take place. Mm-hmm. As much as Bruce wants to appease his hall of fame, future Hall of Fame quarterback and the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, and bring Antonio Brown on board. Don't think that that conversation didn't take place where it's like, and I don't know if it was, I don't know if there was sugar glaze put over the words that were used, but I'll tell you the words that were, I'll paraphrase, potentially used. Dude, if you screw up one time, you're out of here. Like I said, they may have been glazed with with some molasses or or some confectionate sugar. But I'm telling you flat out, somewhere in the conversation, paraphrasing, dude, if you screw up, you're out of here. If you screw up one time, you're out of here. Think of the screw-ups he had prior to between the time that he left Pittsburgh and ended up with the Bucks. The type of off-field screw-ups. Yep. And listen... People say this is like committing a crime when it comes to having a fake vaccine card. I, I mean, it, it technically is a crime. I understand that. That's fine. But beyond that, beyond that fact, from a legal standpoint, this is probably the, the biggest crime that you can commit to your football team and to your locker room these days. Yeah. This is the biggest crime that you can commit to, to literally lying to the people around you that you've been vaccinated. You can argue whether or not you should be vaccinated or not, whether whether you want to be, whether you should be, whether it should be mandated. You can go through all those different things. That's not the point. The point is, if you're telling people you are and aren't that are around you on a daily basis, you're putting them at risk. Are you surprised that the suspension was only three games? No, not really. 
No, I'm not. I really, honestly, th- I'm I not honestly really thought it might be the re- it might be the rest of the season, considering no, I'm, they've I'm gone really through surprised. so much of it. Here's, here's, here's the reason why I'm not surprised <laughs> because that shoe drop, that shoe dropped that one buck. Don't think that shoe can't drop in other places. Oh, for sure. I I think I I think, and I'm not I'm not telling you, you know, I'm not I'm not breaking news like my man uh, who I call. One of the Mount Rushmore's of cover the Buccaneers, Rick Stroud. I'm not breaking stories like Rick. I'm just telling you from just a thinking process that one buck had that shoe drop on them. But when it comes to this is a big issue. And when it comes to this and the two sides that you have and the fact that some of your prominent players in the NFL aren't vaccinated, I mean, you got a quarterback in Baltimore. I may win MVP. He's not vaccinated. You got a quarterback in the NFC that's a Pro Bowl type. Uh, I'm sorry, MVP type quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. He's not vaccinated. I mean, and I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you from the standpoint of oh, they're not vaccinated. No, I'm not saying that. I'm telling you that's how that's how much of a big deal it is from team to team to not think that what happened at one buck could happen somewhere else, and that's why it's only three games. I mean, look, in this investigation that I'm sure just initially went to Antonio Brown, they found two other guys who were in one buck place mm-hmm. this year. So, I mean, it's, it's it, that's and see, obvious a, that it would happen. That's scary because you mentioned the two other guys. I say to you that this is the biggest crime that you commit to teammates right now. Just from a medical standpoint, this is the biggest company you commit. I mean, you can do some other dumb things. You know what I mean? This, you, you, can, you can betray loyalties and all that kind of stuff when it For comes sure, to yeah. being in the locker room. But I'm talking about just, from, just from, a, from a physical health standpoint, this is the biggest crime you, com- you commit to your teammates. But with that, you got two other guys that were in the same situation that Antonio Brown is, was in you don't think guys on that team knew? You don't think guys on that team knew? I no, I'm with you. That's as far as I'm going to go. As far as speculating, but like I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks. I mean, no, 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 no. But I'm, I, I think I, the Bucks are going to do. I'm not. I'm not. T- I'm. I'm throwing the question out without the answer. Yes or no? But I'm telling you, just people think. talk. You, Come on, man. Each, every, each and every one of those players inside that locker room have guys who they consider to be like their earpiece. Okay. Not only that, but you're in there. You're there around them more than you're around your family from the end of August all the way up through January and February, hopefully, for the Bucks. Okay. You're around those guys. When you go home during the week, you know what you're doing as a football player? You're knocked out, dude. You yeah. might be watching film or you're knocked out. You go back to one buck, you get your work, you get your work out of them, you watch more film, you go to practice again. That's the routine. That's that's the routine. So when when players say, you know, they're not spending a lot of family time at home, it's the truth. You want to know why? Because they're at one buck, the Abbott Hill Training Center. And because of that, 
that's who you talk to, dude. <laughs> I mean, there were there were other players on this football team who were publicly skeptical about the vaccine. And if you have one guy who set who did this, who got this done with a fake with a fake vaccination card, which by the way, I said that Antonio Brown says he's now his attorney says he's now vaccinated. He his attorney actually came out and said that the only reason he accepted the suspension was to just get it over with and claim that he was vaccinated the whole time. So just going to throw that out there as well. But if you have this and you hear one of the other players like talking about, oh, I don't want to get vaccinated. I'm skeptical. Obviously, if if you're boys with that person, you could see where the conversation might go in, in that particular situation. I'll also tell you this. From being, from being around teams and being around locker rooms, being in clubhouses, being in dressing rooms. And when I say dressing rooms, I mean the NHL. That's the proper term for their quote-unquote locker room, dressing room, old-school hockey guy. But I say that, all that, because of the conversations that take place inside there. Those guys talk about least important things than their vaccination mm-hmm. status. You don't think that conversation came up to other guys who, as you mentioned, felt the same way in regards to maybe not getting the vaccination, maybe getting a fake, or whatever it is. I'm not telling you there's other guys on the bucks with the same situation. All I'm telling you is <laughs> ask yourself, honestly ask yourself, whether or not you think people knew. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 right. I'm right there with you. Let's move on to this Sunday. The Bucks playing the Atlanta Falcons. Second time this season. The first game was very close heading into the fourth quarter before the Buccaneers pulled away. And going into that game game, we didn't think that it would be that close. Now we're late in the season. The Falcons are still competing for a wild card spot in the NFC, which Honestly, as I keep bringing up these wild card teams, look at the ones that are still competing. I'm going to go with Atlanta. I'm going to say that's not saying much, but a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Atlanta as one of those teams that we might be confident in in getting one of those uh, positions. Going into that early season matchup, I said the key to it might be stopping Cordero Patterson because he looked good to me in their week one game against Philadelphia. Now that's clearly what the Buccaneers are going to need to do on Sunday. If they can limit what Cordero Patterson is able to do for this Atlanta Falcons offense, I think that the Bucs should win fairly easily. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that to your first comments in regards to the first time they played each other in week two, the game was close to maybe, I don't know, a couple minutes left in the third quarter. They won by 23, dude. I mean, they, no, no, and, yeah. and, they, and they dominated the second half like we've talked about other situations and even we talked about when you previewed that game in week two, there's 60 times that an offense is going to have the football and, and run a play and teams are going to have their moments and they're going to look like they can compete with the team they're playing. It's a matter of consistency and putting drives together and all that. And teams haven't been able, I mean, yeah, the Bucks have three losses and, and we can talk about the three losses that they've had. And, and there've been times where teams have been, consistent and put drives together against them that wasn't the one of the games and it won't be this Sunday against Atlanta although I will say this much a lot of folks are betting 
on the box and give him that ten and a half, and I don't think you should. Because oh yeah, ten and ten and a half. Like I, I would. I'm not super confident in Atlanta here or there. Before yeah, you know it, yeah. you're only winning by ten. That hash, that little hash, hash will have you being a loser. And it doesn't matter whether you lose by half a point or ten points against the spread. You are a loser. So I'd be careful about betting the bucks on Sunday and giving those ten and a half points. All right, Lynn. Let's close with this. Not a huge wealth of topics around the league, but. Let's focus on the AFC East for just one second here. We'll close with that Monday night football game because both of us have very uh, differing views on the teams there. But the Miami Dolphins, are they all of a sudden a playoff contender in the AFC? And what are Miami Dolphins fans thinking right now? What would have happened if they would have traded for Deshaun Watson at the trade deadline? the way that Tua Tagovailoa is starting to look right now. Yeah, let's pump the brakes. They're playing bad teams. I'll give you that. No, no, pump the brakes on Tua Tagovailoa. Okay. Um, I'll say this. When they were losing and he was playing, they weren't losing because of quarterback play. They lost in London against Jacksonville. wasn't because Tua lost the game. They've had other losses where he's played all four quarters when he didn't go out of the game and they lost. And it wasn't because of Tua. They've lost games this year, not because of quarterback play, because of play calling, defensive play, giving up up leads in the fourth quarter. We talked about Atlanta. Atlanta did it at the Hard Rock Stadium. They came back from a deficit and, and, and beat the Dolphins because the Dolphins two would play well in that game and actually put them up. And the Falcons came down and had a game-winning drive. And there you go, another loss. And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't because of two, it was because of the defense. But as far as the whole playoff contention thing, dude, you like. I mean, you like you like giving you like giving like you like you like the uh, the homeless shelter dude just giving away food to everybody when it comes to playoff contention. You don't care. So what do you? It's like like you don't, you don't care. Everybody's playoff contention. Oh, you need a meal? Come on in. Playoff contention. I'm trade down here. I think that I'll I'll be honest. I think that this is why the NFL expanded the extra wild card because you're giving the fan base. Like you can keep saying no, this team but got you're, but you're giving the fan bases of these. You're giving the fan bases of these teams more 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 of a reason to truly care and go to games later in the season. Okay, at that's, this, that's fine. You you also misleading the hell out of them too. <laughs> <laughs> you are misleading the hell out of them because <laughs> like I mean we watched, we watched another game last night. Somebody better tell the Saints they're not making the playoffs. They're not yeah. making the playoffs. They don't have a they... quarterback on their football team. <laughs> I they... don't care if it's Taysom Hill. I don't care if it's Trevor Simeon. They, Looks like it might be Ian Book now. I'll get ready to say they might want to throw they might want to throw the book out there and give him a shot. I mean, but right now, then I'm making the playoffs. And, I, and I'm not gonna go patting myself on the back because I actually thought I actually thought when the season started, they wouldn't make the they wouldn't make the playoffs, but they surprised me 
how well of a start they got off to. I thought they were going to win like five or six games. I didn't think they were going to win that many games. But it wasn't because of the quarterback issue because I thought Jameis would be okay. I thought that defense would be bad. And that defense actually has been pretty good. It's not that their defense did not throw four picks yesterday. <laughs> I mean, you got to give them help, man. You can't be throwing the ball. You can't be turning the ball over four times like that. I mean, <laughs> when you're when you're a defensive player and your offense gets the football and it's second down, your quarterback's throwing another pick, you turn around like, we just got off the field, dude. Like, what are you doing? That's what they want to say. Guarantee you, that's what they're inside. That's what they're saying. <laughs> All right, Marcus Latimer was like, wait, another one? <laughs> All right, let's close with this. Monday Night Football, to me, this is the most intriguing game of the week. Patriots, Bills, just six days before the Bills and the Buccaneers play. So a very big game and then a short week for Buffalo, for Buffalo before playing the defending Super Bowl champions. Does the winner of this game win the AFC East? No, no, <laughs> no. no? The, win- the winner of the AFC East is going to Buffalo this week. <laughs> oh, need- wow. I-, I, don't need- I don't need Monday. I don't need Monday night to tell me who's going to win the AFC East. The New England Patriots are going to win the AFC East. I'll tell you this, especially the one of the throws into the – I think in the second half against Tennessee on uh, on Sunday by Mac Jones, uber uber impressed by that. And I'll say this: if the pa- if the Patriots beat the Bills on Monday night, I will say that the Patriots will win the AFC East. Okay, do I do I think I'll, that they're going to win? Bill know. I'll let do Bill I think- know. You finally want to give me credit. The NFL, Bill, the, my credit's coming now. You are the, the NFL- best team in the AFC East, dude. But just. The NFL and NBC right now are salivating over the thought of a possible Brady, Bucks Brady, Patriots Brady Super, Bowl. Super Bowl. Oh my goodness! You think want about, to talk about what it was in October when the first time. I mean, it was, and we didn't I think will, the Patriots were good then. But I will say it was the first matchup too. So, so I mean, the Super Bowl you get you get your time to to you know to juice it up and talk about it for. The, as many damn as many days as you want to talk about it, but the flip side is the fact that they've already played each other and they've hammered out their differences when it came when it came to uh, their post game conversation that they that they actually had off air when no one was around and they talked mm-hmm. supposedly according to reports they talked for a good twenty minutes and and again they hashed things out. But yeah, it would be it would be intriguing as heck to uh, to have that Super Bowl. But I mean, there's there's plenty of crazy matchups that could happen in regards to the Super Bowl. I know, and I'm not going there with the Patriots yet. You might be ready to call them the favorite in the AFC. I'm not. I still think. If I do, it's by default. Because the other the other team that you really got behind, I guess, was Baltimore. Yeah, but they've. They're so they're so inconsistent too. And we, I asked you to, I asked you either last week or the week before, Patriots or Chiefs in the playoffs. You said Patriots, so I don't know who. So I don't know who else yeah, you're. I'm definitely, not, who else you're going? I'm definitely, with. I'm definitely not going to tell you. The and Chiefs. we saw them against Tennessee last week. The Chiefs so. are like the anti-Patriots. They're like the antithesis of the Patriots because whether it's the fact that they play 
Uh, defense has been playing a little better. They've been playing, they've been playing better, although the competition has been eh. So I'll give them credit for that. But everything that the Patriots do well, Chiefs don't seem to do very well. They don't run the football very well. They don't take care of the football very well. So I'd be intrigued, though. I'm, I'm intrigued to see who gets that first round by. That's what I'm intrigued with. Because I can tell you right now, I can tell you right now, there probably won't be. I mean, there, there are definitely home field advantages for, for certain teams, especially in, in January. But do you want to go to Gillette Stadium in January? Nobody does. Come on, man. With that defense, the way they play and the way they run the football and the risk of having to, you know, to have your offense try to move that football in, in you know, bad weather, cold, and snow, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, think about it. I mean, granted, the Bucks have a quarterback that was consistent for the last 20-plus years of playing in the Northeast. But the Bucs, they, they lucked out. That Lambeau Field game, that NFC Championship game, that weather was balming compared to what it could have been in that NFC Championship game. I still see the sun shining in that game. I mean, I see Scotty Miller catching that, catching that touchdown before the half. The sun was shining. Okay, I see Sean Murphy, I see Sean Murphy Bunting getting an interception. The sun was shining. So that so it was <laughs> And that helps immensely. Well, hey man, there's some Florida boys. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. Like I said, they have a quarterback who who spent 20 years in the Northeast, plus years in the Northeast playing and, and doing his thing, but this this team lucked out in that game the way the weather broke, because it could have been Tom Coughlin frozen face. <laughs> you know, <laughs> with his tomato face on the sidelines. Although they won that football game, Tom was Tom was mighty red that day. Roasted red tomato face. All right, that's gonna do it for this week. We will be back next week to recap what happens in Bucks Falcons. And as I said, preview what could be one of the games of the year between the Bucks and the Bills. He is Len Martez. Follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. I am Trey Downey. Follow me on Twitter at TD Experience and follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And as always, check out BucksNation.com for the latest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.